Good evening, family. How is everybody doing today? Hope you had an absolutely gorgeous day. It was uh, really nice here. We got a lot of rain. 
but the temperature went up. Uh, it was a, a nice, what, 46 today. It's amazing how awesome 46 feels when you've been in the teens for the last week. Got another week of uh, semi-warm weather. Warm weather meaning like in the 50s, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to some snow here again as well. So uh, once again, I hope you guys had an absolutely great day. This is Kilted Christian, episode 528, and I've titled this one Faith and the Importance. Like what does faith mean to God? Why does God want it to be faith? So I'm going to figure that'd be a good topic to go over tonight after we get done with a little bit of news. Uh, tonight's show is probably going to be about an hour. I got a little bit of work that I've got to get done tonight that I have to get done before the a.m. tomorrow. So we'll hold on to this as long as we can. We may end up doing a full hour and a half. We'll see. But once again, a quick reminder, next week, um, except for Mondays, Monday will be our normal 1030 schedule. But after that, um, the rest of the week is going to be 9 o'clock. So we will be moving to 9 o'clock Eastern time starting next Tuesday. Once again, Monday will be the same as is because we've got a phenomenal show that's already on at that time with uh, Jim and Jay Wu. So definitely not going to walk over them. Talk to Conley today as well. We're getting him set up um, to get ready to go on his roadcast and everything. And I have his uh, Patreon account. So if you guys want to do a little bit of donation over to the Conley for all he's doing, um, you can go to Kilted Christian at Telegram and check out his Patreon. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this works out for everybody, the timing of this. So we'll be going at 9. Douglas comes on before us, and I believe that uh, Conley will be going on before Douglas. Um, and then Scott's normal schedule. So, guys, Kilted Christian, episode 528. This one's titled Faith. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We are the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. And before we get into tonight, um, before we get into any news, I've got a quick little prayer that I want to do real fast for our sister, Crafty Nut, the beautiful wife of great Papa Steve. So if everybody would please bow your head for a quick little prayer, we will get to it. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for another day. Thank you for all the opportunities that you've given every one of us. And I ask, dear Lord, that you know so many people that are reaching out with health issues, with themselves, with family, financial, and so forth. So I just thank you, dear Lord, for answering all those prayers of people reaching out. But tonight, Father, I specifically want to come and ask that you bless Crafty Nuts' brother. Um, he's got cancer, and uh, it's been there for a while. I'm not sure what's going on with this, dear Lord, but I know that you've got this in your hand. So I just ask not only that you bless him and help him heal as quickly as possible, dear Lord, but you also bless um, Crafty Nuts' Steve family and so forth just to get them to these these very difficult times and just let everything work out well father and i just thank you for being there with us at all times and just comforting us through these situations dear lord and and all the miracles and the healings that you perform dear lord which only you can do so thank you for all the blessings that you bring to us in jesus christ's name and our heavenly father's name i pray amen and uh i hope hope I hope that this is all gets well. I just, there's so many things. And I know that this wasn't a VAX related thing. Um, that's usually the first question that everyone asks. And this one was not one of those instances. The problem that we're seeing right now, though, is um, through a lot of the people that are getting cancers and so forth right now, um, the majority of them are, are rather young. These aren't um, people that are, you know, 50 and above. These are a lot of people that are teenagers and just into their 20s that are dealing with this. And those are related to the vaccine. Um, this one was not um, just chemicals being dumped in the sky. I've, I've read so many articles recently about people that have never touched 
tobacco, a cigarette, or anything in their lives, ending up with lung cancers, throat cancers, and everything. So it's all part of what they're dumping on the skies. You know, the big conspiracy theory, which I actually am about to talk about that here in a little bit, too, because uh, the United States Air Force has um, been proven that they are actually funding some of these chemtrails. So big surprise, huh? But anyways, I'm just so grateful that we've got the Lord to lean on to put these things into into his hands, because a lot of these things are very, very difficult, especially when you're going through uh, people that you grew up with, people that you love, family, friends, and so forth that are going through difficult times. So the Lord Almighty is always there to help us and to take all of our problems away. So first thing we always need to do is is uh, reach out in prayer. So uh, my heart, my lover with you both, uh, Steve and Crafty Nut, we are here with you 100%. Uh, anything that you guys need, just let us know. Um, the Lord Almighty has got the rest of this covered. But we are here for you if you need to talk. Uh, virtual hug or anything like that. I will drive to where you are to give you that personal hug if that's what it takes. Like I said, we are all here for one another, and I am just grateful beyond anything to be here with this family. MSM Liars, brother, great to see you in here. Um, all of those of you who are just arriving, I did not get a chance to say hello to. God bless you all, and thank you so much for uh, accepting me as part of this family, and just this family grows more and more. So I am just grateful for every one of you. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm glad to see you yeah, MSM Liars. He was like, sorry, I missed your show last night, but I was spending time with family. And there's no greater excuse than I'm spending time with God or spending time with family. I will never get upset with anybody. This isn't school, guys. You don't you don't have to have an absentee. You guys are welcome. And like I said, there's nothing more um, of an honor and, and great time to spend and being with your family. Hi, Ancestry Prayer Room. Great to see you. Um, so like I said, uh, John, love you, brother, man. And uh, like I said, I, I uh, will be moving everything over to 9 o'clock, so I hope that that doesn't affect too many of you. I think yesterday when I was reading this, uh, most of you were pretty cool with the fact that we were moving to an earlier time slot, so that is great to hear. So let's get into a little bit of news, and then we will get into um, the topic of the night, which is faith and what is faith. So first, uh, the job of the mainstream media today is to make you think that the views of the 10% of the country are actually the views of 90% of the country. And that is ultimately what the media is all about. They are not here for anything more. And the crazy thing that I'm seeing is, uh, and I know you guys are probably seeing some of this, is how many people are losing their jobs at many of these uh, media companies, whether it be the talking head media, whether it be uh, written media, um, newspapers, and so forth. There's a lot of people that are being laid off from and not to mention that, but Amazon and other big companies. So they're trying to tell you that the economy's great. We've got more jobs than we ever have before, except for all the people that are losing their jobs right now. And I'll be quite honest with you. Um, you know, I feel terrible for the people that are losing their jobs, um, you know, because they got to take care of their family. But at the same time, I don't feel bad about legacy media falling apart either, because all they are, like I just said, is they're not here to give you news. They're not here to tell you, the truth of what's happening. They're here to, to persuade you. They're here to fill you with propaganda, to gaslight you, and that's about it. And the majority of those people that they had any integrity that worked at these companies would have walked away from these companies anyways. Um, I've I've left jobs before that I just didn't feel like I wanted to be part of what they were doing. You know, whether it would be a racist boss, whether it be um, you know, people that were being treated poorly, um, customers, uh, political things. If I am at a point where I don't feel like the people that I'm working for aren't doing God's work or aren't acting godly like godly people are supposed to act, I'll walk away from that job. I'd rather have no job and figure out where I'm going to eat and pay my bills than work for a company that has no morals. 
Um, and we're seeing so many of that. Matter of fact, uh, the corporations in this country are pretty much bought and paid for by the same people that are buying and paying for our government. Um, that's the problem with big business. Every now and then you get lucky, like a Mike Lindell or somebody who's an honest person who goes through and actually has a business that, and it's only because of the support of the people. And that's just how much power we have is we have the ability to destroy companies, but we also have the ability to make companies better. And that's one thing about Mike Lindell is that when poop started hitting the fan for him and everybody started letting go of him as far as the legacy media and his advertising, we stepped up, we were advertising for him and the company's doing good because the Patriots all came out and support because we would rather pay a little bit more money in some cases and support a company that actually has morals that believes in God than paying a little bit less. And it's no different than um, taking care of your mom and pop places right where you live. You have the ability of going to a Walmart or paying a little bit money going to a mall ball place, but you were actually supporting their family and not some big corrupt corporation. So next, uh, and this is pretty interesting too. Um, John sent me this actually, I, I was literally listening to it right when uh, John sent me this earlier. Um, so audio of a top Republican trying to bribe Carrie Lake um, to not run for Senate. So I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick and uh, listen to this. This is this is crazy and this better go somewhere because once again, I know just like me, you guys are tired of all the treason and the corruption that are happening in this world. Well, here we go. and We got it caught on tape. Is there a number at which I can be bought? <laughs> Not be bought. That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No. Let me go right back to what you're doing. No. 10 million, 20 million, third, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even, that anybody would think this is. I, I, no, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. I want a fresh face right now for the reason that I've never seen anyone, I can't think of a single person in a federal race, who's lost, ran in and won. Okay. Can't think of it. If you can think of it, let me know. I am not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. So good for Carrie Lake and uh, got a little bit more respect for her right there. Literally, she was like 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, a billion. No, this isn't about money. This is about saving our country. And, uh, you know, I, there was a point where I, you know, I wouldn't have minded seeing her on the ticket with Trump as a VP, but we, we also need, um, we need good senators too. And, uh, from, from what Trump is saying, the, the, uh, pick that he has. So apparently, um, the pick that he has for VP and hasn't come out yet. And I hope that it's Ben Carlson, um, Matt and Hev, I really do, but they're saying that it's someone who's not being talked about. And, and let's face it, Ben Carlson's not being talked about too much. Um, but, you know, apparently it's not the woman. It's definitely not Nikki Haley. It's certainly not going to be Mike Pence. Um, but nonetheless, uh, what in the past has a vice president done? Well, the VPs don't really do much. They're there in case something happens to the president for the most part. But Trump did say that the VP that he's picking now and the vice president in general will have an important part of this administration. They'll actually um, – have more of a job than any VP has ever had. So curious to see where this goes. I know that, uh, you know, Tucker's possibly out there. Um, I hope it's not Candace Owens. Cause I, I, the more I see her, the less I trust her. She just seems to fall into that thing. Um, you know, and in general Flynn as well, like general, you know, there's so much deception going on right now. It's, it's hard 
to know who to trust and who not. Like Ben Carlson kind of stays out of the limelight. So he's a little bit easier. Um, you know, General Flynn and I've met with General Flynn multiple times. We've had some pretty great conversations. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, deception out there about what side he's on. And like I said, personally, I don't have uh, a feeling one way or the other. Um, from what I when I met General Flynn, when I talked to him, I thought he was a great guy. He seemed to really care about what our country's going through. But then, like I said, we have also been deceived so much that uh, I won't even really put my opinion into that one. Because the last thing I want to do is say, hey, trust this person. They turned out not to be trustworthy. Um, but nonetheless, I, I really – I love Ben Carlson, uh, Mary Allen. Ben Carlson's one of my favorites. Um, he's such a great guy. He's so soft-spoken. He's super, super intelligent. Really good Christian. Um, he's one of the people, like I said, he stays out of the limelight. He, he doesn't really go on the attack like many of the people do. So it's one of the reasons that I've always liked him. But then again, um, I always really love Trey Gowdy too. And Trey Gowdy let me down as well. So it's hard to tell, like I said, who um, who we can trust. But the big thing is that, you know, like Matt has says, he's Christian. He's a very open Christian. And that's always good for me because he does mention the name Jesus Christ. And that's always an important one. We talked about that before. Because God itself is a very, um, very generic term. And, you know, Mimo, I know it was so sad because, like I said, Trey, I literally made a comment on my old show. I was like, you know, if, of all the people right now that would disappoint me if they turned out to be bad, I'm like, none of it would really shock me. But I would really be heartbroken if Trey Gowdy ended up being bad. And then the more of the stuff came out to him, then he gets a job working for Fox and all these other things. Um, you know, so now it's like great. So the one guy that I was really hoping wasn't evil, um, maybe. And he was he was a purple tie. Who was that? Um, Mimo was that a uh, Trump or was that um, who was wearing that purple tie? Because see, that's another thing too that I watch out for is I see that color purple because that color purple um, mentioned in scripture. It's also mentioned that it's also what happens when you take blue and red and mix them up together. So it's just their sign of the uniparty. Um. So next we got uh, this Kentucky. This came from Kentucky woman seven times back. So Biden says, um, make sure those cowboys don't stop military age men from crossing the border. If we have to send F-16s to Texas to wage war, so be it. This was literally um, something that Biden said today. So let me let me squeal up real quick. And I've got that um, that mic moment got caught on tape earlier and uh yeah, so it was a hot mic that was out there, and he got caught on there literally saying that he was going to threaten to send um, F-16s in and wage war against the Texans. Unbelievable. But does that surprise anybody? It doesn't surprise me because this guy's an idiot. So Trump uh, makes a, a, a mistake. Look, Trump's a smart guy, and I don't care how smart you are. When you're giving up and you're doing speeches and your speeches, his speeches are what, two hours, three hours long. They're pretty long. You're going to make a mistake every now and then. I don't care how good of a speaker you are. Occasionally, you know, with all the names and the people that you meet, you're occasionally going to swap a name. So he was talking about um, the corruption of Pelosi and everything, and he accidentally said Nikki Haley instead of, um, instead of Nancy Pelosi. So what does our media do? What does our government do? Instantaneously, they come out and they start saying – we, 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 Trump can't be president of the United States because he's having mental issues. He, he can't think properly. He doesn't have the ability that he used to and so forth. And I'm thinking, yeah, exactly, Nemo. I'm like, I'm like laughing my butt off because this president right here, this resident we have in office, can't remember his own name. 
He can't remember who he's married to. He literally claimed that his sister was his wife on stage at one point. This guy's a complete moron. He can't speak whatsoever, but it just shows how corrupt that they are, that Trump makes one, one mistake, and he doesn't make too many of these mistakes, but he made one mistake, said the wrong name, and they came after him like crazy, completely ignoring what an absolute fool we have right now as a president or as a resident. I still don't believe he's president. Um, so next is uh, breaking news. So Michelle Obama polling donors planning to become the Democrat nominee at the national convention after Biden steps aside, um, the source at New York Times says. So do you think she will do it? Well, Big Mike, big old, old Big Mike, um, my guess is yes, Big Mike will run. He, I keep saying she and he and Michelle, but I'm just going to say it. And Big Mike, old Michael will be running for president at some point. It, there we go. DJ Pupasi, it is probably about as good as you can possibly get trying to describe that thing. Um, like I said, this is how we've never had a, uh, we've never had a first lady that was able to stand up to go to the bathroom in our White House. So we actually broke that glass ceiling no one talks about. But she will end up running. She will, or he will end up putting um, his name in the as a nominee here soon. And I can guarantee it's coming um, quicker than we think that it is because Biden, um, all the polls right now are showing that if Trump and Biden face off, Trump is going to destroy him. In the same note, they've done polls on uh, what happens if Biden was to go against Nikki Haley and Biden destroys Nikki Haley. So, so here we go. This is speaking of a, uh, our resident in chief that cannot speak. Um, I'm really trying to figure out what he's saying here. So maybe you guys can tell me. So this is Biden right here in a little speech today. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Okay. We'll teach. I guess I owe American apology, uh, apology because I can't tell you how many times I've blah, 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 blah. Um, on, on accident. So whatever, blah, 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 blah. Let me see if I can say this. Let me see this again. Donald Trump, a, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you... Yeah, don't mess with blah, 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 America. I don't know what he just said. I have no idea what he just said. Um, I think, DJ Poop, honestly, I think you spelled that correctly. It was H-B-B-J-F-D-E-D-G-G-S-D-G-I-I-J. I'm pretty sure that is what he said but I'm not exactly sure what that means. So I don't know for sure that I'm not doing it already because I have no idea what this guy just said. But meanwhile, you know, they're, they're, they're getting on Trump's case because he accidentally said Nikki Haley instead of Nancy Pelosi. But it's okay when our resident in chief gets up there and says, uh, we're going to teach Trump a lesson. How dare he? Dare, blah, 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 America. That's right. That's our, our resident in chief in the world. Can you hear that? Listen to that. That's the world laughing at us. You can hear it all the way across the pond. Just a bunch of giggling people laughing at this idiot we have running our country. So this one's interesting too. So New Hampshire exit polling. I've got a couple of things that I'm going to be talking about this because this is kind of a big deal. New Hampshire exit polling shows that a majority of the voters in the Republican primary tonight were not Republicans. As a matter of fact, um, they were saying that, uh, was it? 53 percent, 53% were Republicans and everyone else that voted today were either Democrats or independents. So let's listen to this. We asked folks coming into the polls, do you identify as a Republican? 
Do you identify as a, a Democrat or do you identify as an independent? And here's what we found in this exit poll so far. And I think this jumps right out at you. A minority of voters in this first wave of the exit poll in the Republican primary identify as Republicans. A majority, 53 percent, identify as either independents, 45 percent, or, and this is a high number historically, 8 percent identify as Democrats. For some context here, in 2016, the last competitive Republican primary, presidential primary in New Hampshire, the electorate was 55 percent Republican. It was 42 percent independent and it was 3% Democratic. Mm. So in this initial wave, you're seeing some significant differences from 2016. Yeah, so this is, this is called party rating. So basically what they're doing is independents and Republic, or excuse me, independents and Democrats are coming over and they are voting um, for Nikki Haley instead of Trump in order to get the votes going from there. So, I mean, how unfair. And notice the wording that they said. They didn't say... Um, who are you registered or how are you registered? They, the wording they used were, how do you identify? Do you identify as a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent? And even with that question being asked, um, people were, were still pretty honest, and it ended up being more independents and Democrats ended up voting today in this primary than Republicans went out and voted. So, A, there's two things that are a problem with this. One Republicans, get off your butts and go vote. This ain't a time to be playing around. Get off your butts. Get out. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care there are meteors falling from the sky right now. Get out and vote if you have the opportunity to do it. We're, we're playing a game here right now. And, you know, we, we got to be part of the game. You can't sit at home and then hope somebody else wins or, or goes and, and votes and everything's going to be A-OK. So then they ended up... um. So then on top of the people that aren't voting that we need to, you've got the people that are out there cheating, um, voting in, in a, a, an election they shouldn't even really be part of um, as a way to cheat. They know that poop's about to hit the fan. They know there's nothing they can do about it, and they're going to keep Nikki Haley in there as long as they possibly can as a distraction. But after the other loss, um, the loss today with Nikki Haley, um, she's not even – I believe Nevada is the next uh, vote they're going to be having. I believe that's next week. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's in a couple of weeks, but she's not even on that ballot. So the next ballot that she is even on is a month away, and that's South Carolina, which she will also get destroyed in. Matter of fact, that was one of the great things that happened tonight is that uh, the last two of the caucuses, the governor of that state has supported Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. Basically, um, they've supported anyone but Trump. And Trump ended up winning both of them. So Trump not only ended up winning the caucuses, but he also defeated the governor in their own darn state. So good. I mean, at least some people are going out. But like I said, um, especially when it comes to the general election, we got to get out. We have to vote. And I know um, the I'm the first one to tell you, do I trust the elector? Or do, do I trust our system? Absolutely not. But I also don't trust sitting at home because if they're going to treat, if they're going to end up cheating, we need to make their cheat even more difficult. And like I said, if you can get enough people out there to vote, um, there's a point where they can't cheat without looking like they're cheating. And uh, I think they're already reaching that point and they know it, which is why they're pulling all this stuff right now. So um, this guy right here had a great spelling. He said, don't mess with the 
Thalawala Minmerka. So yeah, apparently that's how you spell what Biden just said. T-H-A-W-O-L-M-E-N-M-R-K-A. That would be pronounced Tholomon Merka. There we go. So guys, if you're out there Tholomon Merkowing, stop it. Stop it. It's unconstitutional. Um, so here we go. This is where I found that video. So this is the Biden caught on the hot mic that I was telling you about a moment ago where he was saying, basically, screw Texas. They want to play this game. We're going to start sending military and F-16s in. Boy, I got something for y'all. I just had somebody send me a link off of another social media page. Um, I've tried to look it up on TikTok. I'm sure it's already been taken down because I can't find it. I'm going to go ahead and play it for you here in a second. Um, Save it. Whatever you got to do, send it to all your friends um, because I'm sure it's going to get taken down. Kind of hard to hear what he he says. Um, If you got to replay it, replay it. But what he says is don't stop the surge of middle-aged men from coming into the U.S., immigrants. And then he says, if we have to send F-15s to Texas and wage war, then so be it. Old Biden got caught with his mic on and he didn't realize it. Y'all listen up. Let me know what you think. Yeah, he says, so you make sure that those cowboys don't stop the insurgents of military aged men coming across the border. He says, if we have to send F-15s to Texas and wage war against Texas, then so be it. So this is the president of our country, a country which is a constitutional republic, not a democracy. Our states have more power than the feds ever should. Our states should be able to take care of themselves and our government. Their main duty is to protect our borders from invasions, which is exactly the opposite of what they're doing right now. And now it's just not bad enough that they're actually allowing this to happen. They are going to literally our resident and chief right here literally said that he was willing to send military F-15s in to wage war against Texas. Texas, this right here is your opportunity to secede from the states and let's let's you know what let's get a bunch of our conservative states put together and just have our own little country we'll, we'll like dock some of the rest of them get rid of them but this is insane like this is a leader supposed leader of our country threatening to wage war against a state not against another country we've got countries that are giving us crap right now we've got countries right now that are trying to wage war start world war three proxy wars all over the place and our president resident doesn't care about anything, but he's willing to wage war against a state in our own country. Yeah, I didn't I didn't wake up today thinking that I was going to hear that. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. So um, crazy. Um, next, we got a. Um, so here, here, this is this. These are the tallies um, ultimately after today. And this actually was oddly enough, came out through CNN today. Um. This tells you all that you need to know. So registered, undeclared, were 70% today. Registered Republicans, 27%. Unregistered before today, 3%. So 73% of the people that voted today were not Republicans. And Trump still won. So if that tells you anything about where we're heading, 
73% of the people that voted today were not Republicans and Trump still won. So that being said, this is what I keep saying that we're going to be going into some chaotic times because they're not going to be able to cheat their way past this. If they just did this to cheat and they still with 73% margin couldn't beat Trump with 27%, that tells you everything that you need to know. And uh, this is where we are going to start seeing some pretty crazy stuff happening in here. Like I said before, whether it be a civil war, whether it be a crash of the economy, whether it be a martial law, whether one way or the other, they're going to keep this election from happening because there is no way they're going to be able to cheat this win like they have before. They fooled too many people. Too many people are awake right now. Too many people are looking for problems. They're not going to be able to cheat like they have in the past. So uh, this right here, this is uh, Jack um, Pesosbiak says, I do not want, um, excuse me, I do not want to win these Nikki Haley voters, as Guy Benson says. There um, are manipulated results and not actual independence. These are libs. So I want to knock them out of the power completely. So listen to this clip right here. I'm going to play part of it. Half out. But here's the question. All right, here's my question. If you're calling for her to drop out before the race is in, the question is, are is the Trump campaign worried about getting into a long, bruising fight? Let's let's go through let's go through all of it, right? You've got and and I'm I'm putting on you know I'm putting on my devil's advocate hat here that you've got legal challenges that you're facing, right? Him, him personally, the campaign lawsuits, etc. You've got uh, primary challenges that you're faced with Nikki Haley, and we know this is probably going to be the most expensive general election that we've ever seen in American history. The amount of a billion dollars is going to be spent against Donald Trump, possibly a billion five, maybe even two billion spent completely against him all in. And I'm just talking in terms. So that's against Trump. That's billions of dollars against Trump. You know, um, Moonwolf and I had this conversation earlier. <clears throat> if we were to be, because remember Moonwolf actually ran, um, for office, um, when he was uh, back over in Missouri. Um, so he's already had a little bit of examples and he didn't take money. That was one thing that I really loved and respect about him. He was 100% grassroots and he wouldn't take money. As a matter of fact, he was saying, you know, any money that was donated to him, he would rather be put in, a, in an area that would help other people out. Highly respect that. I'm, I've got the same idea here is if I was to ever run for office, any money that came into me for donations I wouldn't spend one dime on advertising. I wouldn't spend one dime on commercials. I wouldn't spend one dime on any of this nonsense. If I had a hundred million dollars that I could run for office with, I would take that hundred million dollars and I would use it to feed the veterans. I would use it to help with our homeless issues. I would use to, um, basically I would use any of the money that was donated towards my campaign to actually help the citizens of our own country. And I would let that be my campaign because I can promise you um, the word's going to get out. You're not going to go out and you're not going to be bragging about this, but utilize that money to solve the issues that we have to show what kind of a leader you're going to be. Use that money for something good. And I can promise you, if you had a, a candidate that did that, that actually spent money taking care of homeless problems, feeding poor people, um, you know, basically putting money into um, areas that actually need this money. You're doing exactly what a good president would do, and that's all the publicity that you would ever need. And fortunately, this this wouldn't have worked out as well before social media, but we have social media. We need to use our enemy's weapon against them. And I can promise you, people love those feel-good stories. We talk about looking for feel-good stories all the time. Imagine having a candidate that used all their campaign donations in order to help the people of our country. How awesome would that be? 
people would come out in droves to vote for him. And all you would need to do is have word of mouth on social media spread and you do a phenomenal job. That was one thing that, um, that uh, Ron Paul did that was phenomenal is that Ron Paul was kind of the original leader of utilizing social media to run a campaign. And although it wasn't as big back then, he did a phenomenal job through social media in order to get people um, looking and reading into him. Um, Ron Paul was awesome. I pray that if Trump becomes president um, again, that he takes Ron Paul and he puts him in charge of our Federal Reserve or our Treasury or something dealing with the finances of our country because that man knows what to do. He was awesome. I think he's awesome. And I, I'm growing more and more to like Rand Paul. I didn't really care for Rand too much um, years ago, but he's growing on because he seems to be one of the most consistent people with exposing the deep state. And I actually have a, a clip that I'm going to be playing for him just in a little bit um, because, like I said, he seems to be one of the more honest people. So um, this is the conversation that we're having right now. This came from Amuse. And Amuse's reply to this was uh, she has enough money on hand now to go that far. So this was a response to um, Kimberly Klasik, um, who said, Nikki Haley will now try to make Trump spend as much money as possible in the primary. I would assume with the money from the Democrats and groups like no labels that she can carry this charade on through March. And like I said, she will definitely be able to carry it on through um, Super Tuesday or whatever they call it. Um, but she's got enough money right now just in donations. And the majority, like I said, her donations are coming from rhino organizations. Um, the the Democrats are, are feeding all kinds of money into her. Because let's face it, um, how much money does Biden really need to run for president? The guy's already in office. He has the platform that he needs. People know that he's running. He doesn't need to go out and spend that money. So what the Democrats are doing is they're taking their money in order to try to remove Trump as early as they possibly can by utilizing Nikki Haley, who is just a Democrat. We all know she's just a Democrat. Wolf in sheep's clothing. So huge news. The Canadian court just ruled that Justin Trudeau's use of the Emergency Act to stop truckers' protests was in fact illegal. The government seized the bank accounts of truckers for the crime of peacefully protesting. This is a massive win for freedom, and I'm thankful this happened over in Canada, and I'm hoping that we see um, some examples of this happening in our country soon, too. Um, you're, you're right, Hope, that there's a, a lot of damage has already been done. Um, their trucker tr their trucker convoy was our January 6th. It was a way for the protesters to get out there and do what they have the right to do and protest what they believe were either, you know, government with their tyranny and so forth. But basically, the citizens getting out and speaking what's on their heart. We have the right to do that in our country. We have the right to do that in Canada. But they can't have that. So they utilize this opportunity to arrest people, to put people, punish people, put them in jail and uh, scare the rest of the people from going out and protesting like they have right here in our own country with January 6th. So um, I'm thankful that this stuff's starting to come out and they're making these decisions. But once again, does anything ever go anywhere? That's the big question. We, we hear a lot of talk, but nothing ever really seems to go anywhere. So I had mentioned on this one, this is terrifying, and this also fits into what we've been talking about probably for the last six months, is that um, we've got 
border trouble. We've got people coming over here. You've got the Democrats trying to convince us that we need immigrants to come in here to work the jobs that Americans won't work. Um, and now we've got a big immigration problem, like 6.5 million here in the last couple of years, just since Biden's been in there. So there was a guy that was interviewed yesterday or no, a couple of days ago, um, coming across the border. And the guy that was being interviewed literally said, oh, you'll find out who I am. You'll find out who we are and you'll find out why we're here. And he was kind of a jerk about it. Like he was very indignant, very um, narcissistic the way that he was speaking. So check this out. So the guy who illegally entered our country and threatened that soon we will, quote, find out who he is, um, was this was released today. So this was reportedly him, was released from prison um, last year after serving 12 years for arms trafficking and terrorism. So this is the guy that was literally interviewed a couple of days ago coming across our border, and he wasn't just speaking about himself as, wait until you find out who I am. He was like, wait until you find out why we're here. So he was talking about a large group, and we've known this. This is an invasion to our country. All these people are being spread out. Like I said, same thing with Abbott. As much as I would, you know, love to trust that Abbott has Texas's, um, you know, Texas in his heart and doing the right thing. Part of me feels like he has literally taken these immigrants and sending them around to exactly where the deep state wants them so that they're there waiting for their go call at some point in order to create a civil war, which even some of our uh, congressmen and senators are coming out and saying right now is that Biden is in the middle of trying to set us up with a civil war. And uh, and I don't doubt that one bit. Um, so this is awesome right here. So this is Trump. I'm going to play this little clip right here. Um, Trump after today um, with his win in New Hampshire. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. She's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons, a little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about, but she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been, but he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now Vivek, I don't think would be at all because he's perfect, right? And Tim Scott, I know, would never. That's no chance. And just a little. So good for Trump. I'm glad that he's saying that. Um, and I'm curious to know, like, what what five things is he referring to that they would investigate Nikki Haley for? And the thing is, is I disagree with them. I don't think they would really look into Nikki Haley because they want her there. They want anyone there other than Trump, somebody that they can control. Nikki Haley is a, a rhino war hawk Democrat. She um, has she, I mean, what, what is being an ambassador anyways for the United Nations? Like the, the woman, I don't think the South Carolina where she's from don't even care for her. my mother, um, who grew up in, uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, can't stand her. Every time she comes on the TV, I can see my mother's, I can literally feel her blood pressure rising. She cannot stand her. And, uh, MSM liars, I agree with you. Everybody get on here to Kentucky so we can sure up. We, we need each other. We'll, we'll have a nice little beautiful stronghold right here in Kentucky. So, um, this one right here is from Philip Anderson. It says, Nikki Haley, you got me effed up. This race is far from over. Drop out, Nikki. It's over. You lost. So listen to this. Uh, this is just another American citizen, because um, uh, a black American, because they are losing their votes quicker than you can even imagine. The Democrats are losing all their voters. The uh, 
people, person of color coming over to the Republican side quicker than they can say, because everything they've tried to do for Trump to go after him has ended up backfiring and ended up getting Trump more support, just like the cheating is. Every day, people are waking up more and more to this. So listen to this clip. All right, Nikki Haley, you got me all kinds of fucked up. You got me pissed off. Let's be clear. You lost in Iowa and you tried to cheat and you did cheat. You cheated in New Hampshire. You fucking cheated and you still lost. And here you are saying, oh, congratulations, Donald Trump, but the race is far from over. No, it is over. You know it's over. I know it's over. Everyone knows it's over. You're not going to win a single state. You're forcing us to to waste money on this bullshit. You're not going to win. So obviously, because you know that you're not going to win, I think you're working for the bad guys. I think a lot of people are starting to realize that you are working for the bad guys. Why else would you continue this primary when you have no chance in hell of winning? Maybe it's you're hoping the clock will keep ticking and ticking. Way past March 4th, you're hoping the legal nonsense against Donald Trump, which is actually Joe Biden's attempt to steal the 2024 election, you're hoping that that will save your campaign or something? Let me help you, Haley. Let me help you understand, Nikki Haley. Even if it did come to Donald Trump getting thrown in prison or assassinated, we still would not vote for you because you are not a Republican. There's Vivek Ramaswamy. There's even Ron DeSantis who doesn't know how to behave right, but he's still way better than you. We have all these other options. You will never be the nominee of the Republican Party. And even if you do become the nominee, we're never voting for your ass. Y'all have to find all the Democrats to vote for you because there's not a single Republican out here that will vote for you because you ain't no conservative. You ain't no Republican. You are a warmongering puppet bitch. That's what <laughs> you are. You need to drop the hell out. Drop the hell out of this race. You got me all kinds of fucked up. <laughs> Sorry about the language, but man, he's so right. If Trump was to die tomorrow, people would still vote for Trump before they voted for Nikki Haley. Uh, this guy was like right on. He was dead. I mean, everything that he said was dead on. And that's exactly what they're doing. You know, and then I'm going to go back to uh, what MSM Liar said. Wonder how much the RNC offered to pay for um, to bring her over to their team. And that's a really good question because you know she got paid. She didn't get paid to win a presidency. She got paid to distract and to deceive. And that's exactly why Nikki Haley is in there. I'm kind of kind of weird the comment she made uh, after the last caucus where she was like now we're down to a two-person um, presidential primary how did you know that because DeSantis hadn't dropped out yet and DeSantis kicked your butt in that last so, so how did you know Nikki do you have the script seems like she may have the script so this one right here is good too so the Democrats are getting evicted so they are setting fire to the whole thing so this is Tim Pool um talking about this 40-second clip, um, literally telling the truth of exactly what we know is happening. Everything I see Joe Biden do and the Democratic establishment, I, I don't see any, any long-term planning. I see them basically just setting fire to the curtains before they leave. Yeah, I don't see the long-term planning. That's It does feel like all like kind of let's they're, do they're, right now what's good for now. No, they're like, <clears throat> okay, we're getting kicked out. Light it up. I knew a guy once who got evicted from his apartment. So he took Hershey's syrup and he squ squirted it into the cracks of every nook of the yeah. building. Yeah, well, bad guy.
And he was like, this will teach him. And I'm like, I think you already taught him by not paying rent. <laughs> but this is the idea. Like, the Democrats, they're getting evicted. So they're like, set fire to the whole thing. Everything I see, Joe, it's exactly what they're doing. They've got no plan. Their plan right now, this is, this is the Democrats' plan. Their plan isn't, let's get Biden in so that we can do these things. No, no, no. Their plan is, let's keep Trump from winning. That is a Democrat plan. They've got no plan as to what they're going to do. Like I said, everything is in the deep state's hands about destroying the world, about destroying this country. They've got no legitimate plan. Their plan right now, their only plan is to cheat, keep Trump from out, and burn this thing down. Like I said, they're not going to hand the keys of the boat over to you. They're going to sink with the boat. They will destroy the boat that they are on before they hand it over. Exactly, Matt and Heb. They are an animal trapped in a corner. And guys, look at what happens. Go watch some videos and see what happens when a wolf gets caught in a, in a bear trap. The wolf will literally chew its arm off to get out of that trap. So all they're doing right now, DJ Pooh Posse says that they are just scrambling. It's 100% of what's happening right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and Azriel says, uh, it's the plan of the people who run this country, not the R or the D. It's coming from above that. And you're 100% right. It's coming all the way up. And, you know, once again, you know, we, we keep talking about the Soroses. We talk about the Paysors. We talk about the Rockefellers. We talk about the Rothschilds. But trust me, if you know the name, they're not the ones that are giving the game plans. It goes way, way higher than them. Those guys are puppets right along with Biden. So let's just say Biden may be a Soros puppet. But Soros is a puppet to the Rothschilds. And the Rothschilds are a puppet to someone else. So once again, the higher up you get, if you've heard their name before, chances are they're not the ones running the cabal. These guys kept quiet. No one knows who they are. No one knows their names. We just know the names of the people that we see in the forefront. But like I said, all of them, they're just puppets as well. So next we got, uh, um, I seriously cannot believe this. This kind of weird. Um, CNN aired this today. So let me play this clip for you real quick. Um, man, what's going on with you, CNN? There's like a couple of things that CNN has aired today that just kind of blow my mind because I wouldn't have expected them to air this because they're really good about cutting off. And I've seen feeds where somebody starts talking about something they don't want to hear. And they'd be like, oh, look at that. We lost our feed, you know, and conveniently. That's how many times have you guys seen that? Listen to this clip. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. We have a crowd. And I got to tell you guys, I went to... Good for him. This was Representative Dean Phillips on the meeting MAGA for the first time. So he had never been to a MAGA rally. Like I said, he had an event across the street, saw the people standing out in the line, and was like, you know what? I want to go check this out. Go see what it's like, you know? Um, that way I can say that I've actually been the one to see what it's all about. So he literally went there. And everyone was just as nice, loving, cordial, and kind as they can be. And I'll vouch for this. Um, I've been to a couple of Trump rallies myself. And uh, 
everyone was just as nice as can be. Everybody was. I don't care what color you were. I don't care who you were. They didn't even care what your party was. Everyone was as nice as can be. You're carrying on conversation with complete strangers in the line, and then you end up with a new family and, and new friends out of all of this. Um, this is coming from a guy that was literally wearing the only MAGA rally kill ever made in history, wearing that, and people still didn't care. They could have come up and been like, I don't want to talk. That guy looks like a liberal. But everyone was just as nice as can be. So this guy was right arm, and and he's right. The GOP, the RNC, they're all delusional right now that are coming after the MAGA people because all you have to do is go to any MAGA event, any Trump rally or anything like that. And it, even if you don't like Trump, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say right here, DJ Pupasi says it. True Americans. Perfectly said, perfectly summed up. That's what you find at Trump rallies. And like I said, I didn't meet one jerk. It was almost uh, like a Trump rally is similar to the people here in Kentucky. Everyone is just as nice and loving, carrying a conversation with you. That is the reality. And I even talked to a couple of Democrats back in the day that went to some of these Trump rallies just to see what it was about, said the same thing. Everything that we've heard about the, quote, MAGA patriots, they're a bunch of racist, mean, you know, self-centered people. And they get there and it's like, dude. This was like better than any concert that I've ever been to it was a really good time. And it wasn't even the speech or the Trump or anything that had to do with them as much as being around good hearted, wholesome Christian for the most part, country loving Americans. So I'm glad that he got that. I'm glad that he went out there and I'm still shocked as can be that CNN actually played that. So I'm going to play this little clip for you right here. This right here is the smoking gun. So literally, we had, um, yeah, exactly, Miss him liars, America, America. Um, we literally had CNN and CBS both come out last week and say that people were coming over, um, over the last caucus, changing um, the party affiliation just to go in and vote, and then ultimately change it back. And then they also came out and said that that's not happening. I don't know where you guys got that from. So you literally told us the truth, and then you came back with a lie. So this was an interview today in New Hampshire of exactly what's going on. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, it's a vote against Trump. Uh, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the uh, elections than it would be Trump in her. Do you consider independent Republican or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared you voted for Nikki Haley, if it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. What is the. And there you have it, folks. So he went in today to vote for Nikki Haley. And it wasn't a vote for Nikki Haley. It was a vote against Trump. And then when she asked him, so if it ends up being Nikki Haley running against Biden, who are you going to vote for? I'm voting for Biden. So this is exactly what happened right here today. These people didn't come out to vote for someone they wanted. They came out to vote against the person they don't want so they can get rid of them and go in and ultimately end up voting for Joe Biden. And it wasn't just him. He was just the idiot that was dumb enough to say this live on television. Loads of people did that. Once again, 73% of the people that voted in New Hampshire today were not Republicans. So this is their game plan right now. Pretty, this is devious and evil stuff right here. And what's crazy is that these people are okay with it. Imagine this, okay? This is, hey, it's only the leader of the country we're voting for here. What's the big deal, right? So what? We get somebody that's incompetent, but at least it's not the guy we hated. So imagine this. 
Imagine going and uh, having a choice of picking a crappy doctor or a good doctor that you don't like. And you're like, I don't want the good doctor that I don't like. I'm just going to take the crappy doctor so I don't have to take the good doctor that I don't like. That's ultimately what you're doing right here is you're, you're sacrificing your health by choosing someone because you hate the other person and you're doing that right here in our own country. You may not even like the guy you're voting for. This is the leader of our country. So I would never look if, if I had a choice and I'm like, nah, they're both terrible decisions. I'm not going to go vote. I'm not going to vote for the best of the worst. You know what I'm saying? There's no point in doing that. I'm going to go out and vote for someone that I want to vote for. And I didn't even register to vote um, until 2016. I was one of those people that's like, our vote doesn't matter. I don't want to affiliate. I don't want to be part of any party. There's no point in voting. So I was like adamant, you know, I'm going to go my whole life without ever registering to vote um, until I started seeing Trump and uh, going out there and doing his rallies. And I'm like, man, this guy's really talking a pretty cool deal. You know, he sounds like like me when I'm talking about conspiracy and stuff. So I actually, um, because of Trump, went out and voted or and registered to vote so I could vote for him. So the first person that I ever voted for was Ted Cruz. Um, and I still back and forth on that guy. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things that I like about him, but then he seems to be a little devious. And I think a lot of people in Texas feel the same way that I do. But ultimately, I ended up getting to vote for Trump. And uh, like I said, and it was because I wanted to vote for Trump. It's not because I didn't want Hillary to win, although I couldn't stand Hillary. But like I said, I'm never going to go out and vote because I hate the other person. There's just no point in that because ultimately, what are you doing? You're going to end up with a crappy leader. So, and here we go. So this is, um, and what a crazy thing. Evergreen Aviation. Hmm. Where have I heard that Evergreen before? I'm pretty sure Hillary Clinton owns part of that company and they're using Evergreen boats and freight liners in order to ship and traffic people across the world. Um, but Evergreen Aviation, admits to chemtrail contracts with, you ready for this one? The United States Air Force. So, but the chemtrails don't exist, right? Um, so apparently they don't exist unless you were getting contracts from the United States Air Force. So once again, people have been asking a lot of that. Who puts these planes in the air? Who is funding these chemtrails? Well, we're ultimately ones funding them, but apparently our military is who they're running through. And it makes sense that it's the United States Air Force because I'd say 80% of the time that I see chemtrails flying over above, there's a jet. It's not a, uh, it's not a passenger jet. It's a military jet that's laying these things down. Although I have seen some passenger jets doing it too. May as well. Those things are up in the sky every day. But they've been trying to call us crazy conspiracy theorists this whole time. And it turns out that it's legit. And it's our government military that are doing it. So uh, next is uh, this crazy too. Um, we do not need these tyrants policing Americans. Once again, we go back to the United Nations, the World Health Organization, WEF, and all these other companies or all these groups around the country, around the world that are trying to dictate what each person in their country can do. Look, we vote for the people here in our country who make those decisions. That is up to us. We don't vote for who. We don't vote for WEF. We don't vote for any of these fools. So they should have zero right because they're not part of our country. They don't care. They're part of this world elite group who's trying to dictate and mandate crap around our entire world. And right now, the WHO unveils a global police force. You ready for this one? WHO, World Health Organization, unveils global police force to arrest citizens 
who post independent media online. So now you and you and you and me are now going to be criminal, global criminals, according to who, because we are posting independent media online and we're putting the truth out there. How do you keep the truth from getting out there? Well, first you have to buy and own the mainstream media, which they have. And then you threaten independent journalists who are putting truth out there with uh, imprisonment. And there you go. That's how you control the truth from getting out there. So once again, who, WEF, United Nations, European Union, all of these corrupt organizations are trying to police the entire world. Screw that. I will not abide. I'm not going to abide by the unconstitutional things that this administration is trying to get us to do. I'm certainly not going to abide what somebody from some other country is telling me to do. I don't care. If you guys want to see my metaphorical finger flicking you off from across over here, just picture that because that's what the United Nations, WEF, who are going to get from any of us. Like I said, exactly. Don't tread on me, Suski. Exactly. Don't tread on me. Come and take it. So Charlie Kirk um, says this to this is uh, interesting too. He says, okay, so if there's a hurricane and a federal government doesn't show up, can a state save its people? If Putin was to attack Alaska with 50,000 troops and the United States military refused to act, can a state protect its people? Or would Alaska be constitutionally bound just to let it happen? So what SCOTUS decided yesterday was that absurd. So although this was temporary, waiting for the final verdict to come through and so forth, every time that the, the Supreme Court does anything, they're setting a precedence. So in this case, what SCOTUS decided yesterday was really that absurd. So if the federal government is derelict in its basic constitutional functions, the agreement between the states dissolves. So Joe Biden has forced a constitutional crisis um, by by basically going above a state, going to the Supreme Court, getting them to make a decision, which itself is unconstitutional, in return setting precedence that this can happen in any state. We are a constitutional republic. We are a bunch of different states that make up a country. The government's job is to protect us, to protect our borders, to protect us from being invaded. The states take care of the people. The states make the ultimate decision. This is how we vote. This is what our system was designed to do so that we didn't have one group of people reigning tyranny over every state. So they're taking that away from us. And the precedent was set yesterday with that stupid decision that SCOTUS made. So once again, who's being blackmailed? What are they being blackmailed for? Amy Comey Barrett, Robertson, these guys um, are Roberts. I don't trust any of these people. They're, they're all compromised, and they're all playing ball for the deep state and for the cabal. The system needs to be ripped apart and built back up from scratch. Um, so this is Jesse Kelly today, He's and I'll read you what he's replying to first. So Tim Carney says, I have no appetite for conservative snark on this. This is a personal disaster for these journalists, and the shrinking newspapers is bad for America um, and good for crooked or inept politicians. And he's referring to all the people that are being fired and laid off from like many different media outlets. So Jesse Kelly's response was, um, the second greatest thing that can happen to this nation is newspapers going under and journalists being unemployed. The same thing happening to universities um, in the first or is the first. And, and he's dead on right. 
I don't care. Let these things fall apart. That's all you're doing is you're removing the liars off the stage and you're giving more room for um, independent journals to be out there. But why are they getting put in this position to begin with? People are waking up. They're tired of being lied to. They know exactly what the mainstream media's purpose is. They know exactly what they're doing. People aren't watching. Fox, Fox viewership itself has dropped substantially since Tucker left. Um, is because people are waking up. CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, New York Post, Washington Post, Washington Times, all these other groups, people aren't buying them anymore. People aren't reading them anymore. They're all collapsing. Exactly, Matt. Let them collapse. That's just less corruption we got to deal with. So I'm going to read one more. I'm going to play one more little clip. Um, this is Senator Rand Paul just called himself um, or ca- just called half of the Republican Party sellouts, including Nikki Haley. So good for him. Why were you so inflamed by her campaign that you built this website? Well, you know, never, nobody ever accused me of going halfway into anything. Fair. And it really, it gets to me at a, at a very basic level. It gets to me when I see people who I think care more about the borders of Ukraine than they care about our own southern border. And I see these people every day because they're the entire Democrat caucus up here, but they're half of my caucus, half of my yes. Republican caucus is as we speak ready to sell out and they're ready to sell out fake border reform in exchange for what they really want which is to send more of your tax dollars to ukraine i think nikki haley fits right in that camp i think she's from the she's from the mcconnell dick cheney wing of the party and this is the antithesis of everything i believe in i've spent uh, a few years trying to promote the ideas of liberty there is a wing of the party that believes in that. And I want to make sure anybody that follows the, the, what I do knows that there's no way, shape or form I could support Nikki Haley. Good for him. Why? Were- and good for him. So glad that he's saying that out loud. Like I said, that's one thing as I've grown more respect from over the years. And then this last thing, this meme sums it up so perfectly. Trying to help people understand what's going on right now is like going back into a burning building to pull someone out only to have them keep punching you in the face and demand evidence that the building is on fire even after they admit that they can all see the flames. This is literally probably one of the great examples. I I love how this is written up. This is a great example. This is exactly what's happened in the country right now is we're basically going into a burning building and having to convince the people that the building's on fire while they're punching in the face, denying that the building's on fire while admitting that they see flames. This is exactly what's happened to our country right now. People are so brainwashed. They're so lost. They're so indoctrinated that it's amazing how many people just can't think for themselves any longer. They rely on the media, which is why another reason I'm like, rip the media down, blackout. Let's shut down the internet if you have to or whatever. Break people's habit and addiction to mainstream media and people will end up coming back around and they'll end up waking up. Exactly. Lady Canary, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. Exactly. Well said. So we're going to go ahead and get off the news tonight, get into uh, the topic of the evening. So it looks like I will be doing a full show tonight because I got away for an hour. So uh, I will get back. I'll get to my job after this. So um, I wanted to talk about this because one thing that is important in our our, our religion, I was going to say our faith is faith, but our, our beliefs, our religious beliefs, our spiritual beliefs is faith. So what is faith and why is faith important? Why can't it, what's the difference in faith and belief? Why um, does God want us to rely on faith and why hasn't God come down and shown the faith so that it's beyond faith? So faith is a word that we hear thrown around all the time. 
keep the faith, walking in faith, having faith. So what is faith? Well, faith is several different definitions. So I've got four definitions right here. So complete trust or confidence is someone or in someone or something. A strong belief in God or in the doctrines of, a, of religion based on spiritual um, apprehension rather than truth. A system of religious belief, a firmly held belief or a theory. So what does the Bible say particularly about faith? Well, the Bible says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance that the Lord is working. So even though we cannot see it, um, faith knows that no matter what the situation in our lives or someone else's, the Lord is working in it. We rely on something that we can't see or touch. Now, we see examples of God every single day um, in the beauty that the world provides, the earth, the trees, the animals. We see examples of God and the miracles that we see every single day. And that's the beauty of it, is that God doesn't want us to rely on the belief with what our eyes can see, just like Hope says, believe without seeing, is there's a power in faith. It's a power in believing in something that you can't tangibly touch and knowing that it still exists. Because regardless that God hasn't come down here and showed us his face, once again, we still see millions of examples every day that God is 100% real. So the Hebrew word for faith is um, amuna, which means support. So this is perfect because faith is like the Lord's support. To us, he is working in every situation for his glory, regardless of what we think. So he always knows what's best for us. And there are many times that we have seen by faith and not our own eyes. So I'm going to read, there's a couple of Bible verses here that I've got right here. So five uh, Bible verses about faith. And Abraham believed in the Lord and the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. That's Genesis 15, 6, all the way back at the beginning of Scripture. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the whole universe was formed at God's command, that um, what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And this is Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. So when the people of Israel saw the mighty power of the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and his servant Moses, Exodus 14, 31. Be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things that he has done for you. 1 Samuel 12, 24. And he will protect his faithful. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear into darkness. No, no one will succeed by strength alone. First Samuel's two nine. So where does faith come from? For it is by the grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Faith can only come from a new heart, regenerated by God, once we are reborn through God. Therefore, faith is a gift from God. It is the unique way that God uses to bring salvation to all of his people, to all of his children. We strengthen our faith by reading the Bible and hearing the gospel. The more we immerse ourselves in truth, the more our confidence grows within our faith. Everyone who is saved has been gifted with faith. 
It is the ability to believe that God is who he says that he is, trusting him and all for all things. Faith also helps to combat unbelief and motivates us to do what God desires us to do. Not only do we grow our faith by reading scripture and praying in our own time, but also by hearing the message in church um, with other believers. So, um, you know, as part of the thing is that God puts us together to help us strengthen our faith, to help us understand things that we may not understand. Um, like I've said before, sometimes I can read a verse over and over again. Um, I'll get a different meaning every time I read it. You know, we'll sit down with another uh, another believer in Scripture, another uh, person that has that same faith in God, and have these conversations, which allow you to understand collectively coming together, having these conversations to understand Scripture a little bit better. So one of the things is that God puts us all in each other's lives in order to strengthen our faith or to help each other strengthen our faith. So what is the difference between faith and belief? So faith and belief are often used in the same context, sometimes interchangeably, but they are not quite the same thing. So belief is a strongly held opinion about an idea or a worldview. Beliefs are also opinions that you form about what you read, hear, or see. Belief can change over time as you grow and you learn new things. Faith, though, is not something that you start and build from. Faith can only be received. It must be given by God. True faith can take on um, doubts and questions, but it remains intact. We can grow in our faith, but our foundation is always the same. And this is James 2.19. And it says, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. So you can believe that there is a God. Um, you can believe that there is a God, even that there is one God. But you do believe that he is your, but do you believe that he is your God? God produces faith in us by giving us new hearts and opening our eyes to see that he, um, that he is our God and that we need him. So does your faith in God change the way that you live your life? Um, there are some who say that they believe in God, but the way that they live their life does not change. They are motivated by other factors. Faith changes how we live our lives. Faith motivates us to keep on moving in life. And once again, is that belief comes from hearing, seeing, and so forth. Faith is something that is only given by God, and that faith comes to you from God the moment that you hand your life over to Him, the moment that you accept Christ into your heart, the moment that you're baptized. From then on, that faith is what leads your life. Um, so J. Wu Ku Poo Posse says, it fundamentally changes our lives, and it does 100%. So having faith in the Bible means trusting that God's word is truth. The faith that God began in us grow when we expose in God's words. So it's knowing that every time that you read the Bible, the word of God is being imparted in you. The Bible says that faith is not silly or irrational. Um, it is not feeling of uh, closeness to God either. Instead, faith is being able to trust God for what he has promised in his words that were written in scripture, that living word. So five examples of people in the Bible um, who had faith. First, Mary. Mary was faithful to God when she was chosen to be the mother um, of his son. Mary trusted her God and the role that he had chosen for her. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will, will overshadow you. 
so that the Holy One, to be born, who is called the Son of God, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, um, and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her, um, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word um, to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And that was in Luke 1, 35 through 38. The next example is Abraham. Abram or Abraham. Um, Abraham had faith in God who was called to sacrifice his only son as a burnt offering. He set out the next morning after God told him where to go. He had faith that God would provide. Um, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Um, Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took him, um, he took him to his uh, servants with his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood he, um, for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place um, off in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and uh, the boy go over there. We worship, and then we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, and he placed it on his son Isaac. Um, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went um, on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, he said, Yes, my son. Abraham replied, The fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for this burnt offering, my son. And the two um, of them went on together. And that is Genesis 22, 1 through 8. And that is definitely a show of faith. Because we even discussed that the other night. Of like, what would you have done if you were put there? Um, I would have taken it all up there and done the same exact thing. And I would have hoped that I didn't end up having to go through with it. But like I said, this was a test of faith. Number three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um had faith that when they were thrown into the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar, that they had no doubts that God would save them. If that they were thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from it, your majesty's hand. But even if um, he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that you will um, not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And that's Daniel three seventeen through 18. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads um, singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there, were, um, there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, and he rescued his servant. They trusted in him and defied the king's command, where they are willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. That is Daniel 3, 27 through 28. Um, The next one is Esther. Esther had faith in going um, to the king unannounced and exposing Haman's plan to kill the Jews. When Esther's word was reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think um, or do not think that because you were the king, you were in the king's house, you were alone and the Jews will escape. 
for um, if it remains silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And uh, who knows, but, or excuse me, who knows, but that you have to come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent his or then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and, um, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. Um, I and my attendants will fast um, as you do. And with this will be done, I will go to the king, um, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And that is Esther 4, 12 through 16. Another great example of faith and following God's will with the trust that God knows exactly what he's doing and he's going to have your back. Five was Moses and the faith when God asked him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and across the Red Sea away from everything that they knew. So as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and where um, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said um, to Moses, um, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that they brought us um, to the desert to die? Um, what have you done to us, um, bringing us here out of, or bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say um, to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? See, and that's the crazy part about this whole story is that people were literally, they were so mortified, they didn't want to go on with something they didn't know, even though it was going to be their freedom and safety. They would rather be left in enslavement with something that was familiar to them. So it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will, um, and you will see the deliverance, the Lord that will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still Exodus 14, 10 through 14, be still. So how to grow in faith. How do we as Christians grow in faith in a world that is doing everything they try to pull us away from our faith? There are several different ways that we can grow from our faith. First, ask God to increase your faith. If you are struggling in your faith, ask him for more of it. He will be glad to bestow it through the Holy Spirit. Number two, focus on obeying God. No one is perfect and we all make mistakes. But if you focus on following God's word and what he commands, your faith will grow naturally. Number three, spend time reading and hearing God's word. Spend time every day reading God's word and soak it into your heart and to your mind. Let that scripture be written on your heart. If your lifestyle is busy, listen to a sermon or a Christian podcast. Putting his word into your heart and soul will fortify your faith in rough times. And I love that they actually put this in this article because it's a good, it's a good point is that, you know, we are busy. We have our obligations. We have our jobs to pay for our rent. We take care of our family, take care of our moms. We take care of our kids. We stay busy, but there's always time for scripture. And even if you don't have time to read or to open up a book and look, God doesn't ask you to read the whole book every night, pop it open, read a couple of verses, read a chapter, read a couple of pages, read what you possibly can. But if you don't have time to read or you don't even like to read, Pop in a podcast. There are so many wonderful podcasts out there. There's so many great uh, YouTube videos that have been written by some phenomenal preachers that we can literally utilize the time that we're driving to our job, driving from our job, 
driving to the grocery store, we can utilize that time just to listen to a little bit of scripture. There's always time you can make time for it. But like I said, just do that. See, Mary all in. We're listening to you. See, you guys are doing it already. Listen to a little bit of scripture. And that's what I try to do in my spare time because while I'm editing, while I'm doing anything else, I generally have a podcast or something going on in the background to where I'm listening it while I'm working. So like I said, there's always time. Um, and like I said, God doesn't ask you to read the whole Bible and then you just read a whole chapter. Just take the time to fill yourself with a little bit of scripture every single day or call a friend and have a good conversation about God. Like I said, just have your own little church. Go to your morning uh, J-Woo uh, church service that they have. Um, any number of podcasts. Like I said, there's always a way to fit a little bit of scripture into your day. So next one is uh, spend time with other believers, which I kind of just talked about. We are meant to worship together, pray together, share our faith with one another. Hearing about others journeying in faith can be quite encouraging and inspirational and gathering and strengthening your own faith. Um, also, Bible, uh, study the Bible together, encouraging each other in godly discipline. So we've got multiple examples of uh, many different people that have put up different um, signals, different telegrams or whatever, so we can have these conversations. We have a place to go to reach out and ask for prayer. Next one is spend time in fervent prayer. Scheduling um, a specific time each day to spend with God in prayer makes a huge difference. This is your time alone with him to discuss anything that is on your heart and your mind. Be still and listen carefully, and your faith will grow in abundance. And that's the beautiful thing, too, is that does God really care what you're talking to him? No, God is just glad that you're talking to him, that you're reaching out. He, it doesn't matter how embarrassing— a conversation is that you would feel uncomfortable talking to any human on this earth. God's willing to listen. He's going to give you the answers that you need, and he's not going to judge you. That's the beautiful thing about God is he's here to lead us in that right direction. So by repenting and admitting to God what you have done wrong, look, God knows what you did wrong anyways, whether you verbalize it or not. So verbalizing it is going to change that fact. Um, but taking that time out of every single day, you know, even if you have to schedule it, you know, like there's guaranteed times every day that I pray. I pray when I get up in the morning. I pray with um with uh, Moon Wolf and my mother before my mother goes to bed. And I pray um on this show, sometimes in the beginning, sometimes in the end. But those are my guaranteed prayers every day. But that's not to mention all the different um, pop-up prayers that I do every single day where I just feel led by the Holy Spirit to, you know, to stop for a moment and pray. And like I said, is God's always there. He's always ready to hear from you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to rely on him. So be still, listen carefully, and your faith will grow. So how do we live by faith and not by sight? Um, the human part, our fleshy part, is led by our senses. Um, but faith isn't one of our senses. It'd be like our sixth sense, maybe. Living in faith and not by sight means that you are willing to go into the unknown. It's trusting God, even though you don't know where he's leading you or what the outcome will be. It's trusting that God will never put you into a predicament that you can't handle. He will never put trials and tribulations to your life and never put anything in your life that you will not be able to handle or work past. So I've been living in faith over a specific situation for almost three years. I've been praying over the situation fervently every single day, and I don't know how it's going to turn out. Oh, where it's going to lead. All I do know is that God is in fact working and I'm waiting patiently to see what this outcome is going to be. So it's not easy and it's not always fun, but I always know that no matter how slow things are or how things turn out, 
that when you put it in the God's hand, it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to, and it's going to be okay because God, like I said, isn't going to put you into a situation that removes you from this earth unless he absolutely means it, but it'll never be in vain. Um, God is always in control, and knowing this, I find peace, and my peace ends up strengthening my faith every single day. So how to keep in faith in times of trouble? Keep a positive attitude, reflecting on God's promises. We are to praise Jesus in all things and in all circumstances. Surrender your circumstances to God, all of them. It can be so easy to get upset and to get frustrated, to shake a fist at God when things aren't going right. But instead, ask him for help and to change the circumstances. Let him take the wheel and trust that he's going to do so. God always will. He wants us to rely on him. It's not an inconvenience like some things are to us. Be generous. The Bible says, even in times of trouble, that we are to give. It seems counterintuitive um, when you are struggling to keep your head above water. However, in giving and blessing someone else, you are also blessing yourself too. God loves a cheerful giver. So even in the times where you guys don't even want to get out of bed, Hop up. Do something kind for someone. God loves that. And and you know how it is when you do something kind for something, sometimes that automatically changes your day. It's it's one of those hidden blessings that God has given to you. Is that like I said, is doing good things for other people in return makes you feel good. It's doing good things for yourself because you're doing good things for God. And like I said, is God's always gonna pull you out of the funk, the depression, the anxiety, the stress, or whatever you're in. God always wants us to give. Once again, the Bible says even in troubled times, we are to give. Spend more time in the Word. This will keep you grounded and not going into another direction due to confusion or desperation, which is what the world tries to lead us into. So on those days where you're just at wit's end, you've had it, you want to throw the rocks, get into Scripture. Go to Psalms. Psalms is, all, Psalms is kind of one of those go-tos that I go to when I just need to, to be uplifted because Psalms is full of just uplifting verses. So that's kind of my, that's generally my go-to when I'm having a rough day is just, you know, because God always leads you to the right scripture. He always leads you to the right verses. That's how I read the Bible in general. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll get into my research and I'll go to specific areas, but for the most part, I grab my Bible, I open it up. And then I'll just start at the beginning of the page that I opened. I'll go back to the beginning of that book or whatever. Um, but God always seems to lead me, and I know he does the same thing to all of you. He leads us to where we need to be. He always leads us to the right verses. Reach out to friends and family. One of the best things to do in hard times is to draw close to those who you love most. Sit down, discuss your situation with a close friend or a family member, and let them give you some encouragement. Be connected to others is essential. Having faith means that we are part of a convenient body of believers a family of brothers and sisters united in Jesus Christ. We, I'm not the body of Christ. We are all the body of Christ. We are all the children of Christ and God right here on this earth. And we need to. God is, has done this brilliant way of, you know, and I was so disappointed and I was hurt for a while when he removed all my old friends from my life. But none of them were Christians. None of them would have sent me down any other track than self-indulgence, going out to the bar, getting drunk, you know, and whatever else. But when God removed those people from my life, he ended up replacing 
be or replacing those with a family, which is all of you guys. And all of you guys are going to hold my hand and lead me down that narrow path. You're not going to forsake me. You're not going to walk away from me. You're not going to judge me. You're not going to turn your back on me. And you're going to watch out for what's in my best interest because you want me to be the best Christian I can be like I want you to be the best Christian you can be. So God always does that. He always removes the poison from your life and ends up replacing it with exactly what you need. So I'm going to do this quick little prayer. Um, and then I'm going to get into the actual prayer for the night. But this prayer was kind of, I wrote down um, when I was kind of doing this research today. Dear Lord, please help me grow in my faith. Help me to lean on you in the good times and the bad. Help me not to be quick to anger and instead have a godly mindset. Speak to my heart as you read your word and the highlight verses of encouragement. Help me to trust you in every situation and in every circumstance. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And that kind of fits in perfectly with the whole faith thing. And like I said, God could have come down here at any time and shown us his faith. He could have made us all believers, but he relies on that faith because there's a, a strength in that faith. That faith is, is you going through, believing in something, becoming a better person and knowing that something that you can't touch and that you cannot see is watching out for you and has your best interests in mind and wants you to be the best that you can be. And that is what our job is right here is to serve God, become the best people we can be, repent for what we have done wrong and work in our lives to strengthen our faith as well as helping others that don't know God find that faith, get that introduction to God. Like I said, we can't, we're not the ones that deliver salvation, but we know the guy that can, and that is Christ. So our job right now is to lead people to that. Hopefully we don't ever have to get into any wars or anything like that. Hopefully it just stays in information, stays in scripture, spread that gospel from nation to nation. But we need to be prepared to serve God in any way that we can. Once again, God is never going to put us into any situation that we cannot get through. God will never put us into a battlefield unless he needs us there. And he has given us life. He has given us the chance of eternal life. He's given us life of salvation. We can, the very least we can do is to give our life for him because we'll never truly lose that. We'll just end up in a greater home at some point anyways. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll get into a prayer. Actually, it's 1201. So I definitely went the whole show in a little bit over. So if everybody would please bow your heads, we will get into a little spiritual warfare. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another beautiful day. Thank you for speaking to me again um, and, and leading me into this this um research in this topic, dear Lord. Faith is so important. And a lot of people don't understand the importance and the value of faith. I know all of us here do. And we thank you, dear Lord. Thank you for letting us believe in something that some people won't believe in because they can't see it. Thank you for giving us the love in our heart and giving us the many examples every day, every time we step outside of our house, that you exist everywhere all around us, all the time, all the miracles you bring, all the beauty that you bring to this earth. And even in the midst of the chaos, dear Lord, I know that you have a great architectural plan, a great design of how we're going to get out of this. We know, dear Lord, that you are going to expose the tyranny and the evil in this world. You're going to wake people up. So, Father, I ask during this times, as the evil and the devil and, and all of the tyranny and the, the bad governments around this world tried to deceive us and pull us away from you, dear Lord. I ask that you give us that strength, that motivation, the courage, the wisdom, the discernment that we need to stay in our faith, to stay on that narrow path, to never waver. Dear Lord, if there comes a time where some turn their backs against you, let it not be any of us. Let us be here together, dear Lord, to motivate one another to stay on there no matter how rough times get, dear Lord. 
Let us fear not. Remove the fear from us. Remove the stress. Remove the anxiety. Remove all of those negative things that the devil's trying to bring into our lives, dear Lord. The closer we become to you, the more that we serve you, the more apparent it is the devil and the evil are trying to work in our lives because we become targets. But dear Lord, there's no greater honor than being evil's target because we know that we're serving you. We know that we're doing what's right. And we know that we're making a difference in this world. Dear Lord, if we were to face the most evil of the tyranny face to face, dear Lord, I ask that you give us the strength to get through that, to be able to defeat this. Dear Lord, there's nothing on this earth that we can do without you. Therefore, if we end up in the greatest of battlefields fighting the spiritual war that we're in the middle of right now, I know, dear Lord, that we will be successful in the missions. Even if we were to lose our lives on that battlefield, dear Lord, I know that what we did on that battlefield will never be in vain. It'll become an inspiration to others. It'll be another reason for other people to reach out to you, Father, because of the fruits that we bear, not through the words that we speak, dear Lord, because talk is cheap, and we see examples of that every single day. So, dear Lord, let us not just spread the gospel from nation to nation. Let us bear the fruits so that other people can see you within us and everything that we do, dear Lord. Let us be selfless, not selfish. Let us do everything we can on this earth, dear Lord, to help other people. Let our left hand not know what our right hand's doing. Dear Lord, the only wrecking, the only people that we need to see what we're doing on this earth is you. It doesn't matter what anyone sees, dear Lord. When we do good things, we do good things because it's a good thing, not because we want other people to see it. But dear Lord, if we bear those fruits and other people do see it, let it not be an egotistical thing. Let them just see what we naturally do. And that is serving you with great love, dear Lord. Thank you for the patience that you've given us to bring us to the point where we are today, dear Lord. And please continue to work in our lives to build our faith more and more so that we can spread that and help other people find the same thing that we have in our lives. Dear Lord, let us know that every day is another blessing. You promised us today. You did not promise us tomorrow, dear Lord. So when we wake up, let us first thank you for giving us an extra day, but let us utilize every moment that we have in that day to make a difference, to serve you. Dear Lord, before we knew you, life had no meaning other than work, eat, sleep, and repeat. But you give meaning to every minute and every second of our day. So dear Lord, from here on out, let us make the seconds count in your heavenly name. Let us do everything that we can, dear Lord, to serve you, to make a difference in this world. Until the day that you call us home, dear Lord, let us continue to work in the home that we have for the moment. Let us keep one foot in heaven. Let us keep the other foot down here on this earth, making a difference, protecting the innocent, the children, protecting those that cannot protect themselves, protecting one another, helping one another walk down that narrow path, dear Lord, and, and do the best that we can in this battle that you put us into. But dear Lord, thank you for choosing every one of us to be part of this mission that you have set us forth, and we know that we will be successful. In your heavenly name, in Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. I want to thank you so much. It was another fun show. And like I said, I love this because I mean, it'll be like three o'clock in the morning and God still talked to me. And then he's like, you know, go go look at this. You know, faith is one of those important things. And, uh, and I know a lot of you understand what faith is. But remember, you know, it's not just about the family that's here. It's about that one person that may just come across this show on accident. And, and hopefully it'll make that difference in their lives. Like I said, is it took that one person to change my life and introduce me to God. And that is our job right here is to do that. So like I said, it's not about the numbers. It's not about how many people can we bring to God. It's about bringing that one person at a time. Because like I said, we had the opportunity. God had the patience with us to bring us to where we are. We need to have that same patience with others, including our enemies. So guys, 
I hope you all enjoyed this show. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow evening. We'll be covering another uh, scriptural topic as well as some news. And then Thursday night, we'll be having uh, MSM Liars John back on, which I always love Thursday night shows. But guys, I love y'all very, very much. And I am so, so thankful that I am part of this family. Like I said, we get to come together every night. We get to pray. We get to talk about our Heavenly Father. And we get to sit here in this chat and, and have time to talk to one another. Like I said, how do you build your faith? How do you strengthen your faith? This is one of the ways to do it right here. But guys, I love y'all very, very much. I thank you so much for listening to Kilt the Christian, episode 528. We call this one Faith. We'll be back tomorrow evening for episode 529. But in the meantime, I hope you all have an absolutely beautiful evening. And in your spare time, just throw out, throw out a little prayer for Crafty Nut and her family and Steve. And uh, just pray, pray, pray. Like I said, God will answer the prayer. The more of us that are praying, coming together in that prayer, the quicker that prayer will be answered. And God always comes through. Guys, I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your night. I will see you tomorrow evening for Kilted Christian episode 529. In the meantime... I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red the bombs bursting in That our flag was together. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave Have an absolutely beautiful night, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy this little warm-up. Like I said, it's amazing how awesome the 40s feels after the teens. But guys, have an absolutely great night. Remember, I'm going to give you a little spoiler again. God wins. So fear not, stress not, let go of your anxiety. Pray, pray, pray. Hold that line. Spread the gospel from nation to nation. God has given us everything that we need to get through these times, and we're going to be just fine. So keep on serving. Never turn your back on the Heavenly Father. Strengthen that faith more and more every single day. And once again, I love you all very, very much. I am so thankful to be part of this family. Love you all. Have a beautiful evening. We'll see you tomorrow night for Kilt Christian episode 529. And God bless. <laughs>